podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Nat Coombe Show, SBK Edge Rush. Good to have you with us, gang. Propo back in the house. Three games we're looking at for you in detail. Cleveland, Miami. We'll look at Kansas City, Jacksonville. We'll also uh, take a pass at the Cowboys-Packers game. Win or bust time for Aaron Rodgers, isn't it? Get into that. We'll have our Taylor Heineke-Ecker. Uh, Propo's Prop Bets of the Week. And, of course, our Drew Locks of the Week, including another special from SBK Sharp, Tom Collins. So all of that goodness coming your way as we get you set for the weekend's action. So sit back, relax and enjoy Edge Rush. Proposition I don't know, man. I don't know where to start, what to say. How to how to it back at last week? A mixed bag, I, th- I think it's fair to say. We were just looking back just before we started recording at how it all played out. You felt you had individually a big week as far as the show pretty good week wins and losses how are you looking back at week 10 yeah i don't like to talk about uh wins that i had that i didn't give out on the pod because i think that's just unnecessary really is it like that girlfriend you had in canada (laughs) yeah exactly exactly who actually knows summer holidays yeah Yeah, exactly who actually knows whether or not they existed or whether or not that was true but yeah yeah, i had a good personal week um but on the podcast a mixed week my drew lock of the week came in pretty comfortably as well with the rams and bucks never looking like they were going over 42 and a half points so i was pretty comfortable with that the under which i was big on in the saints versus ravens game Mm. that came in as well uh my the washington plus three and a half against the vikings only just about came in that's why mm-hmm. we play that three and a half and we love that number so much but my worst bet of the week by country mile was the over in the detroit lions Green Bay Packers <laughs> game although saying mm. that although it was comfortably under the number mm. i think something about 20 points 30 points almost uh it would have come in if aaron Rodgers didn't decide to shut his eyes and throw the ball every time he got in the red zone Aaron Rodgers throwing in the red zone like I did uh, in Miami uh, a few years back at the Super Bowl. Exactly, yeah. Like, literally, really it similar exactly technique. the same. <laughs> the, I think you described that to me on WhatsApp as it, was, as it was happening as the worst bet of your career, I think, didn't you say? Yeah, I, I say it's, it's up there with one of the worst bets of my career. Although I have to say that was when I was, and that was when I was driving back from Twickenham because I was at the rugby last week working there. Yeah. So I had... Um, I could only see the score when I was getting score updates from TalkSport 2. And they didn't exactly explain the whole situation, which was Mm -hmm. that Aaron Rodgers was moving the ball freely and they were running all over this Detroit Lions team or passing all over the Detroit Lions team. But then literally every time they got in the red zone, I mean, what was it? Three red zone interceptions that Aaron Rodgers threw? Unbelievable. I mean, you were incredibly unlucky on that one. Uh, My Drew Lock didn't come in either. So I'm now one and seven on this. No, what am I now? One One and and eight. One and eight. Oh, boy. (laughs) Oh, boy. So I'm going for the number one draft pick next year by the look of things. Hey, I can still turn it around. I can still still get above 500 this season. Uh, Better luck with the Acker, kind of, because, of course, we had a three-team underdog Acker, but we did have the the asterisk, the, the caveat of just take two of them if you want less of a risk and two of the three came in. So I was kind of, kind of happy about that. Yeah. And I think realistically we, 
The Seattle Seahawks were just an obvious play last week. I think we were a little bit skeptical on the show. We did record it on the Wednesday. And as the week kind of went on, I kind of kept thinking to myself, why would I ever go against the Seattle Seahawks team? I've been bigging them up for such a long period of time. They've been covering for days for me as well. And I think when you're on a trend like that, I think it's always good to just keep on it until it does lose. And the Seattle Seahawks do seem to be doing that. And I mean, it very mm. nearly came in. The Falcons could have easily beaten the Chargers. The Chargers right. were not impressive in that game at all. As you said, with Mike on the Monday show, it was pretty much just down to that Khalil Mack strip sack. So, yeah, or the strip play against Drake London. So realistically, that was very, very close. And I think it was a very good call. So we'll give you credit for that. But the um, you also liking Green Bay Packers minus three and a half wasn't your final. Oh, my God. Although yeah, you remember I agonized over doubling down on the Pats because they got me up and running the week before. And I was so close to going with Belichick again. And of course, it's a comfortable win for them. So, hey, then the breaks, kiddo, then the breaks. Uh, we go again. Uh, three games we're picking as always. Propos, prop bets of the week. The Aka back in the comfortable and careful hands of the unders king of plumpton uh and of course we'll wrap with our drew locks of the week as well as getting our bonus drew lock of the week from our friend tom collins at spk who unlike me proper is on a roll right now two and oh yeah thomas two and oh he also had the washington uh commanders to cover a three and a half against the vikings so we both had a great time with that one yeah he's two and oh I'm six and three, and just one more time, you're mm. one and eight. One and eight this season. Over the last two seasons, season and a half. It's, I'm, I'm, I'm losing count at this point, but you're seventeen and yeah. what's so it? Seventeen and fourteen. Yeah. Okay. So I'm still comfortably above five hundred. Coco and Pebble stay in the bullpen for another week, although <laughs> it's getting close. All right. We'll start with the Browns, Miami. Our first game of the three we're going to key in on. The Browns coming into this game off a bye and up against this offensive juggernaut of the Miami Dolphins. We all know the greatest of Tyreek Kill. Jalen Waddle going under the radar a little bit as a result of it. It takes me back, Propo, to, to childhood when I first fell in love with the game and the Marx Brothers, who you, you will probably nod here in the same way that when Carlson drops one of his many historical references and I nod like I, I think I know the player he's talking about. The Marx brothers, Mark Clayton and Mark Duper were the two receivers that Dan Marino had for a, a big part of, of his career. And there's a lot of parallels really between them. Just they were like Reggie Wade and Marvin Harrison, you know, this uh, occasional phase in NFL history where you get two unbelievable receivers that just tag team with each other and are both prolific and on any other team would be the, the standout guy. So Hill and Waddle, Duper and Clayton, a lot of parallels for me there, which is which is great to see the style of offense, the style of Miami football is exactly why I fell in love with the game, definitely, and, and, and the team all the way back in the day. I have no problem with McDaniel going for it. I mean, he's getting a lot of criticism and patronizingly so, I think, that, well, you know, he's got this incredible team. It's papering over the cracks of his mistakes and his game management, questionable game management. I love the fact he's aggressive. I think he's staking and shaping this identity. I love the fact he goes for it. I And I think he'll keep rolling there. I don't see this as a naivety and a shortcoming at all. Quite the opposite. I think he's very clear on the kind of team he has and the identity that, that he has. So they are clearly going to be able to challenge Cleveland in the air again. So the question is, where will Cleveland try uh, and get their game going? Because I don't think if this turns into a shootout between Brissett 
and and Tua and the passing games of both teams, it's going to be close. So can Cleveland obviously they'll lean on lean on the ground game? Can they get that going against this this Miami front? I don't know if there's enough there. Because if you think about Miami and where to hurt them defensively, is the secondary. It's, it's at the back. Uh, and I don't think Cleveland have got it in their locker to do that. I see this as a comfortable win for Miami. Do you? That's interesting. I uh, realistically think, and I'm expecting some regression from the Miami Dolphins this week. I think that if you look at it, they have played against the Dolphins. Uh, sorry, they played against the Lions. They kept mm-hmm. that game close. The Lions managed to hang into it. The Dolphins actually fell to a 14 nothing lead in that game. And then they go up against the Chicago Bears team last week that <clears throat> has an abject defense by all accounts due to the fact that they basically have no one left after the trade deadline. And mm-hmm. I think that as a result of that, the Miami Dolphins, as much as obviously Tyreek Hill is having a record year, it's amazing, isn't it? I saw that statistic that if Mahomes and Hill continue at the rate they are in terms of their passing yards and their receiving yards, they're both going to have record seasons and that's without each other. And you're taking the best quarterback and the best receiver Incredible. in the game, separating them and they both have their record seasons. I think that's a credit to both of them and what they're are able to do however Mm. what I do expect the Cleveland Browns to be able to do is run on this Miami Dolphins team I know that they're only conceding 3.4 yards per carry against running backs they're struggling against quarterbacks particularly obviously Justin Fields going for 178 yards against on the ground last week but I do think this Dolphins defense is weaker than people are suggesting I don't think they've managed to get it together or at least kind of found their identity obviously Bradley Chubb will definitely help that but still quite early on in his career the Cleveland Browns play games close realistically Jacoby Mm. Brissett did enough against the Cincinnati Bengals to get that Monday night football win and I also really like Kevin Stefanski coming off a bye against a, a new coach in mm-hmm. his sort of first season as a head coach. I will usually back Kevin Stefanski in these spots. And I think getting three and a half, I see this likely being a field goal game. I think the Browns will be able to move the ball on the Dolphins. I think they'll establish the run early. It will all be down to whether or not the Dolphins can get, I mean, the Browns can get that lead realistically. If they can get mm. that lead and they can defend it with the run with Nick Yeah, Chubb, it's a great point. I think that this game will be close. I do think Miami will probably win it, but I think it will be a field goal game. Mm, okay, what is the line? Oh, is it um, plus three and a half? Three and a half. Oh, ouch. Okay, and is there money coming? Because was it four at one point? Is there a lot of money coming in on the Browns? So this is it was four. It was four at one point. So this is very much a pros versus Joes game, as you can imagine. That I mean, you want to guess where all the Joes are going? I've obviously, I've obviously laid out the jo- team Joe. Uh, We've essentially off. just given the two sides of the argument. So sixty percent of the tickets are coming in on Miami. Seventy-five percent <laughs> of the cash is coming in on Cleveland. We're seeing a lot of money for the over. At 48 and a half. Mm. I think that's because of what we've seen from the Miami Dolphins in recent yeah. weeks. Realistically, they haven't Over's really been able to defend. Yeah, I think I will probably take the over. It won't be one of my best bets of the week just because if Cleveland Browns, I think their game plan in this is going to be keeping Miami off the field. It's going to be long, slow mm. drives. I think using a lot of play action, a lot of check downs to Kareem Hunt, to Nick Chubb. And I think as a result of that, we'll see the Browns just trying to saturate the clock as much as they possibly can. And mm. I think that's why I will not play a massive play on the over which I would have likely have done but at the same time with the explosive nature of this Miami Dolphins team both on the defensive side of the ball and the offensive side of the ball with some of the plays that they can allow mm. I think that the over is probably a decent bet here 6 and 0 oh, Tua in games uh, that he has started and finished this season that's all I'm saying that's all I'm going to leave it right there in Tua we trust all right so uh off to a good next up Kansas City Jacksonville oh I missed this 
but I miss Blake Bortles retiring. Did you that know was that? ages ago. I'm, I can't believe I missed, this, I missed the story. Yeah, I know it was like a month ago. It just kind of popped up and I was looking into this game and it's one of those sites which then kind of, it might even be the Athletic, like linking, you know, anything related yeah. to that team. And it's Blake Bortles retired. <laughs> How did yeah. I miss this? I'm finger on the pulse as ever. And, and going out, mic dropping, shots fired as well. Just laying into his haters and his critics when he when he uh, announced his retirement as well. Uh Incredible, really, to to think there's an NFL without Blake Bortles anymore. Such a big part of the last. Did you see that quote that he gave on part of my take when he uh, when he retired? That's what I mean. He kind of mic. What, what was it, the quote? I just remember he just. No, he basically just went. They were basically like, "How much do you reckon you made?" They asked him, "How much do you reckon you you made in your career?" And he was like, "Oh." Something like I think it's like something like forty-five and a half million quid or something like that. Mm-hmm. Something ridiculous. He didn't say it, and then they said, "Yeah, it's forty-five million quid." And then they just starts. Babe Waters just starts laughing, and then he just the end. He just goes, "Suck it, nerds." <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's get Blake Bortles into the Lev Bell, Adrian Peterson, Celeb boxing. I mean, Bortles, I'd back. Uh, I want to get Bortles into the mix. Uh, let's try and get Blake on the show or reach out to him. I know, but aren't you a bit of a nerd? That's the only issue. And he did just tell you to suck it. Yeah, this is true. This, this, <laughs> this is true. But I'll embrace that. I'll embrace that. Yeah. As, Bortles, as Bortles has, quite frankly. Uh, what do you mean I'm a bit of a nerd? Oh, that's a, a <laughs> that, I love the, what, was that 10, 15 second buffer there. <laughs> you yeah. need to realise what I actually just said. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I clocked it. I was just stunned, quite frankly. Stunned, I tell you. Um, all right. So let's talk about Blake's uh, Blake's former team. Of course, uh, the team for, for most of his NFL career, the Jacksonville Jaguars, six of their losses this season, eight points or less. Mm-hmm. So, and the other two games, big blowout wins, I think. Um, so when you couple that with this typical Joes piling in on Kansas City covering when they often don't don't cover when they're heavy favorites, it would lend itself to thinking Jacksonville have a shot here. What What is the line? We're recording this Thursday morning, right? So what? I haven't seen it. So I'm going to say nine and a half, ten? Yeah, it's nine and a half. So it moved to ten briefly at the beginning of the week and then uh, big money came in on Jacksonville to move it back down to nine and a half. It's at that kind of number now where people are sort of flirting with it. I think if it's below ten, people are going to back Kansas City. And I think if it goes above ten, people are likely going to back Jacksonville because obviously that is a key number. Yeah, so... If they're going to win, or at least cover Jacksonville, then Lawrence has got to have a big game. Kansas City has top five rush defense. And of course, not dissimilar to Miami, it's weaker link defensively is in the air, right? Mm-hmm. Looking at um, looking at some numbers here, you mentioned Aaron Rodgers' red zone woes against Detroit. Uh, check this out. So Trevor Lawrence said, I think by all accounts progress this season right people feel okay he's maybe not acing it but he's definitely improved year on year his achilles heel right now is the red zone so his quarterback rating in the red zone is 10.8 it ranks 31st out of 32 russell wilson is definitely dead last in uh, our starting quarterbacks uh go broncos red zone hack it action um and he's thrown three picks in the red zone as well so glass half full, glass half empty, right? A lot of his game is starting to gel. The pieces around him, significantly better year on year. Etienne's obviously establishing a really strong ground game. They've got Ridley to go next season along. Kirk seems to be a hit. A lot to like about what is around him. And a lot, I think, to like for, for next season in particular. If he can correct that glass half full, 
you'd think he should be able to do that. It's one of those things that typically can be learned, can come with age and experience, getting sharper and smarter in, in that. And also, I guess the, uh, the the play calling obviously changes in the red zone. The game changes in the red zone. And, and that could be, I'm going to drop five, five pounds in the charity kitty, simpatico with him and Doug Peterson. So that's the glass half full. The glass half empty is that, it continues to be a problem for him that he that he struggles specifically in this phase of the game. And if he does, and those kind of numbers are maintained, Jacksonville are not going to be at the races proper. So what do you think about this? Do you think that, to my point, they can, he can get some kind of aerial attack going and is going to maybe need to if, if the Chiefs blaze into a bit of a lead here? Uh, 100%. I think this game is completely reliant on Trevor Lawrence and his performance. They do have a stout run defensive Chiefs as much as that, but I do think that Travis Etienne has been playing so well this past couple of weeks that that might mm. even combat it. So I think Travis Etienne will be very much useful in the early part of the game. And I think how well they use him and how they get him going, that will only help Trevor Lawrence kind of going into the latter stages of the game. But as you said, we've got two relatively weak passing defences here in the Kansas City Chiefs and the Jacksonville Jaguars. And if you're going up against a shootout, you don't really want it to be against Patrick Mahomes, do you, for Trevor mm-hmm. Lawrence? But at the same time, what we could see from Trevor Lawrence is almost like that coming-of-age game where this is his moment. Mm-hmm. He goes into Arrowfield, one of the most iconic stadiums in the NFL, one of the loudest stadiums in the NFL. And if he goes toe-to-toe with Patrick Mahomes, Suddenly, those people coming out saying those doubters, especially after the London game, people starting questioning whether or not he is a bust, mm. quieting down. And I think Trevor Lawrence has the opportunity here to really prove himself on the big stage. A lot of eyes on it when you're going up against the Kansas City Chiefs. And I quite like him to do that in this position. It's a very, very compelling game because on one side of it, you could see... Trevor Lawrence melting down completely like we've Mm -hmm. seen him do in certain situations, as you said, especially in the red zone so far this season, or we could see him really sort of coming to fruition in terms of the way that we all expected him to come into this league. This could be that moment for him. It's fascinating. It should be a really, really interesting game. I actually could see this going all four, you know, I could see the Jaguars keeping this very close and covering this spread comfortably. And I think it could be almost a field goal game. The way that the Kansas City Chiefs have played at home this season, they are 0-5 against the spread at home this season. But then mm-hmm. again, the Jacksonville Jaguars 0-5 on the road against the spread this season. <laughs> so it's realistically, yeah. it's two teams going up against each other, not wanting to cover the spread. In terms of the over-under, 50 and a half. It's a lot of points considering Ooh. that the Kansas City Chiefs at home haven't necessarily been that prolific. They're averaging 24 points per game. Jacksonville Jaguars averaging 23 points per game on the road as well. So that would mean that this game is likely to go under. At the same time, it's a pro versus Joes. A lot of people going in on the overs. They often do on the Kansas City Chiefs, the majority of the tickets on the over, but the majority of the money on the under. And mm-hmm. I think that's why I will side with the pros in this game and go on the under. I think that the Jacksonville Jaguars defense will try and keep this relatively close. And I think that they will try and force Patrick Mahomes to go underneath as much as they possibly can, take time off the clock. And I think the Jaguars will do exactly the same, build long drives and sort of suppress that crowd. So I think 50 and a half is just a little bit too many points for a Kansas City Chiefs team that everyone always obsessed with how many points they score. But both times the Chiefs have gone against AFC South teams this season, you've had less than 40 points. So realistically, I think there is an opportunity for this game to be around the 44, 45 mark and not get close to 50 and a half. Mm-hmm. On the other side of it, we do have an early Drew Lock of the Week coming in here. What? Not mine. 
Ah. Tom Collins from SBK is going with... Nat and Propo. The Minnesota Vikings and Washington Commanders have done me a solid the last two weeks. I'm now 2-0 and with my Drew Locks of the week. Let's make it 3-0. and This Sunday, I'm taking the Kansas City Chiefs minus 9.5 against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, this Jacksonville Jaguars secondary is peppered with injuries. They won't want to see Patrick Mahomes, who is due a blowout victory after scraping a few home wins, including against the Titans last week. The Chiefs are two weeks back from their bye, so should have wiped away that rustiness. And Andy Reid knows this Doug Peterson system well. Now, the key to backing the Chiefs minus 9.5 is that the Jags are 4-13 and against the spread in their last 17 games. Make that 4-14 four and 14 after this week. Chiefs minus 9.5 for Tom Collins. Nat Coombs, your reaction? Well, well, well. I mean, who are we to second guess the sage like Tom Collins? But I don't know. We've looked at those numbers, right? Jackson were keeping it close. Really interesting as you've underpinned what I was saying about the Chiefs struggling to cover at home. I mean, look, did the Chiefs win this by 17? Would I be surprised? No. Probably not. But they win yeah. it by three. Would you be surprised? No. no it's a boom if or bust. If it's 35-27, would you be surprised? <laughs> yeah, no. Sure. If it's 2017, yeah. would you be surprised? No. Like, honestly, this week, Nat, this I can't season, tell man. you. This yeah. The last couple of weeks, I've actually quite liked what I've seen. And I've seen value a little bit in certain situations. And that's ended up being quite beneficial for me. This week has honestly been an absolute... I was about to swear then, but mind death. Do you know what I mean? Like in terms of like looking at the spreads, can we just discuss Mm. potential list of quarterbacks that we're going to see this Sunday? (laughs) Okay, let's do it. These are what my issue with backup Mm. quarterbacks is you never really, the reason why they're backup quarterbacks is because of their inconsistency. Mm. Like you never really know what you're going to get from these quarterbacks. You can inconsistency or, or, limited ceiling right so limited ceiling but I think there's still a certain extent like Jared Goff is the epitome to me of a backup quarterback where one week he can come in and be electric he can connect with every pass and he can look like a starting quarterback in this league and the next week you can look at him and you'd be like how on earth has he got a job in this league how on earth is he getting paid that amount of money it's absolute insanity but we're going to see Malik Willis most likely Sam Ellinger John Wolford Case Keenum Jared Goff Colt McCoy Andy Dalton Jacoby Brissett Davis Mills Daniel Jones, Taylor Heineke, Kenny Pickett. Now, I'm being harsh on some of those quarterbacks. Obviously, we're a huge fan of Taylor Heineke on this show. Daniel Jones has had a decent season. Andy Dalton's actually, if you look at it, although he's throwing a lot of interceptions, has got a lot of passing yards. But at the exact same time as that, those are quarterbacks that are very, very hard to predict what they're going to do week in, week Mm. out. And that makes it very difficult to predict because you could see any one of those. For example, the Steelers versus the Saints game. All Mm -hmm. you need is one of those. You can analyze that game as much as you want, but all you need is a meltdown from either Dalton or Pickett. Yeah. then your bet's completely sort of redundant because it's so hard to predict when a quarterback is going to have a meltdown and when they're not going to, or when a quarterback's going to have an unbelievable game. Like we could see Jared Goff absolutely torch the Bears this weekend, who have been really struggling from a defensive side of the ball. We could see that, but at the same time, we could also see him throw three interceptions Mm. and fumble the ball three times, you know, like it's just one of those. Totally. And not only, of course, does that relate to 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 the lines and the uh, and the handicap, but also the the totals, right? There are exactly yeah. that situations where you think, my God, Goff could go off and forty eight and a half in that Lions Bears game seems tempting, and then it could be meltdown central, and the Lions put up ten points and uh, and it doesn't. Just on the totals, I just want to before we get to our third game, and incidentally, you take so 
uh, Tom's going Kansas City to cover. Do you have any strong feel about the the Chiefs Jags? So the Chiefs Jags. So I'm gonna because I think this is a very very difficult game to bet on. Realistically, I think that as we discussed, you could see this going in any which way. I will go with where I see the most value instinctively, mm-hmm. and I see the most value on the under. I don't think these two teams necessarily are two teams that are destined for a shootout. And I think mm. if we do see one, sensational. And this is where like everyone always says, oh, it's so boring to bet the under. When obviously we're betting within our means, like I'm not losing a dramatic amount of money if I lose these bets. So it means that if I'm betting on the under for the Jags Chiefs game, and then suddenly it turns into this incredible game, it is kind of like a win-win. Like that's my spin zone for backing the under. Whereas there is nothing worse than taking the over. I think it was like the Cardinals Seahawks game a couple of weeks ago where I took the over Mm. and it was like the worst game of football I've ever watched. And you're Mm. just there just suffering so much pain because you bet the over you're losing your you're losing money and at the same time you're watching an absolutely horrendous game of football take place whereas if i take the under <laughs> with the jags chiefs and yeah. it ends up being this in, like insane trevor lawrence coming out party with win-win him taking on the kansas city chiefs and patrick mahomes and it's 35 33 and a last minute winner then yeah it's a win-win you know do you ever do that thing where you've backed the over and at half say the overs i don't know 48.5 let's go there and at half time, it's 10 7. <laughs> you're thinking, you're just willing. I bet it's working out the math. Like, how many possessions? It could happen, right? We can still oh, 100%. make it. You always work. All it. you're looking for is like a pick six or a kickoff yeah. return. Yeah. You're looking for that like quick score that will completely change the game. I think it was the Cardinals Saints game a couple of weeks ago where the, the over was basically gone just because Andy Dalton just kept throwing pick sixes. <laughs> yeah, so like so, there is always a possibility. Actually, that's, that's why this point, sport yeah. is so much fun to bet on because there's always a possibility that something might happen. You might get a kickoff return, a punt return that goes for seven and you might get like a, a fourth quarter with 30 points. Like you never Everything know. Changes. Game, yeah, you right. Happen. Yeah, it's a good point. I hadn't considered actually with the with the turnover potential of, of players like Goff and Dalton, actually, yeah, maybe maybe we should be looking at this, some of the more of the overs there. Well, on that note, there are two overs that caught my eye that I want to run by you, or two totals, I should say, yes. that caught my eye um, before we get into our third game on the slate. The first is, I think, I think the lowest total of the season so far. Mm, you might, you might correct moved me on this that. morning. Re- I woke up this morning and I, I saw it at 39 and a half. It was actually a 40 to start the week. It moved to 39 and a half. Mm-hmm. It's gone to 36 and a half. Yeah, right. Broncos yeah. Titans game. I think that's because it's trending towards a Malik Willis start. Yeah. I think that is really interesting at, if it, at that level, right? Because look, we've are not going to bore our listeners again with repeating the things we've talked about 25,000 times already this season with the problems of the Broncos. I'm thinking more here of, of, of the Titans and establish. I mean, there's no, is that hasn't dropped because Henry, is there an injury down to Henry or something? What's the? No, I genuinely think it's because it looks like Malik Willis is going to start. I mean, that's the only other thing you would think is that Derek Henry's got an injury issue, but yeah. I don't think from anything that I've seen, he he does yeah, at all. Nothing, I think right. he's tra- no, he's trending towards starting. Uh, this so talk me out of that pick because I am I am interested in the over there. Uh, well, I think <laughs> well, let's let's talk let's talk you out of that pick. Let's look at the Tennessee Titans' last two games with Malik Willis. So the Chiefs Titans was thirty seven points, but they needed yeah. overtime. Yeah, the Titans Commanders game there was thirty eight points mm-hmm. in that game, so those have just gone over. The Denver Broncos 
realistically have played games where uh, in overtime they needed to get to 12-9 against the Broncos. <laughs> yeah. Chargers Broncos also needed overtime to get to 19-16. Uh, the Jets beat the Broncos 16-9. And, okay, yeah, the Broncos-Jaguars game did go over mm. 36 and a half, but only by two points. I think this number's probably a fair reflection of these two teams' offensive capabilities mm. going up against each other. I think you've got a Titans defense. Although, again, I don't know how Mike Vrabel does it. If you look at the injury report for the Tennessee Titans every week, it is the longest injury report you've ever seen in your entire life. And there's always big names on it. Again, this week, it looks like they might be out with uh, out or out with um, Bud Dupree. Jeffrey Simmons might be all out. So that is something to consider in yeah. this game because obviously they're integral to that. The Broncos obviously don't have Bradley Chubb there anymore, but they still have one of the best cornerbacks in the league in Pat Sertain. Justin Simmons, who is one of the best safeties in the league and still have a decent defensive front and have been one of the best defensive teams all season. So I'm not going to necessarily talk you out of it because over 36 and a half is such a low... It's like betting on under 54 and a half. You know, you're going like that opposite direction where mm-hmm. it's such a high, it's such an extreme that there's always a possibility that it could go over because all you really need is one pick six or one big turnover to kind of probably go over that number. Can you imagine if I make this my Drew Lock of the Week? Are you going to make your Drew Lock of the Week? (laughs) No, I'm not. I'm saying, can you imagine backing the Broncos? Actually, maybe I should should just go out in style. I mean, I'm one and eight. Maybe it's time for to get on Team Wilson. I'm going to be honest. If Mm. I had the confirmation, I don't think there is even confirmation that Malik Willis is starting. I've been looking for it all morning and I can't find it. So I'm not sure why that number has dropped so low unless there has been an insane amount of money bet on the under overnight by a certain betting group. But yeah, I was seriously considering taking the Broncos plus three as my Drew Lock of the week because I think this is a field goal game. And I think Mm. that if you're giving me plus three uh, against the Titans in a field goal game, then realistically, I'm either going to get a push or I'm going to get a win because I think it'll go one of which way. It has dropped to two and a half since then. I still quite like the Denver Broncos in this spot off a bye week. They're obviously off the back of that win against the Jacksonville Jaguars. I will. I took the Broncos at plus three. I can't obviously give it now as a Drew Lock at plus three because it's moved down to plus two and a half. If you get that three again, which you might do on Sunday just because the public will probably come in and laugh at the fact that the Broncos are only two and a half point underdogs against the Tennessee Titans team that I think have won I covered the spread in the last five games mm. so that might move to three and then I would take it again but yeah I like the Broncos in the spot to beat the Titans the Titans secondary can't really stop anyone so I do like Denver in the spot yeah the conflicting reports I'm looking right now it, most people are suggesting that Tannehill is going to be back for the week 11 game against the Packers limited in practice it's an ankle injury with Tannehill but yeah it's not 100% either way interesting all right and you like you like the Bronx in the spot either way I like the Bronx in the spot I won't be I would have got the under at 40 if I was I I don't know why I didn't take it at the time but I'm not going to take it 36 and a half because that is way too low that big betting syndicate you said that came in and it's not you Coco and Pebbles is it no, sadly not. Uh, I wish. We are actually in negotiations, me, Tom Collins, Coco and Pebbles, all in doing a sort of like a, a rebel show without you. Oh, right. okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Thanks very much. A spin-off, a spin-off show. Hey, speaking of spin-off shows, I'm still, I'm still just about in the game with Tom Collins, SBK Edge Rush Extra, extra picks there. It's uh, sitting over on the SBK YouTube channel. We'll put a link to it in the show notes. We'll tweet it out as well. NC Show is our Twitter handle. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok Propo. Uh, All right. 
Cowboys, Packers, the Mike McCarthy Revenge Bowl is here. This is obviously win or bust for, for Green Bay. Me and J-Bell got into Green Bay a fair bit, didn't we, on the midweek show. Great to have J-Bell back in the house, if you haven't checked that out. In the vault, the brilliant J-Bell. I feel that there is still hope for the Packers if they can beat Dallas this week. <laughs> I do. I do feel that if they can beat Dallas this week, they can get back. If you look at their running, they can get them hanging on, hanging on to it. Look, let's, oh, have, a, let's have a look at the case for how they can. Well, first things first, what is the line? So Dallas favorites by Four six. and a half. Four and a half. Four and a half. In Lambeau, yeah. It's the biggest underdog he's ever been at home. Uh, he, wow. I mean, Aaron Rodgers. He. Uh, so Aaron Jones is banged up, but they had the, the X-ray is negative, right? So is Jones going to start? It looks like Jones is trending towards playing, yeah. What about Dobbs? Uh, Dobbs, it looks like Dobbs, Dobbs, Dobbs. Dobbs. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think he's, I think he's out. I think oh, he's out. Oh boy. I'm pretty did sure that, he's out, yeah. Did that change the line with that? No, I'm kidding. Uh, I don't think so. Not quite. Rashawn Gary's out. That Rashawn Gary's out for the season. Wow. Okay. Maybe I revised what I said 60 seconds ago. They picked up Jonathan Abram though. You seen that? Yeah, they did. Is that exciting like that, you? I think it is. I'm a big fan of him. A big fan of his. Hey, he's part of that Mayock draft class. You haven't told this story yet, Al, that what happened at Webley. <laughs> yeah, we haven't <laughs> actually told that story. So as you as you know, um, I think, I wouldn't say it's quite Amari Cooper trade to Dallas level, but mm. Nat mentioning the Mike Mayock draft class for the Raiders is probably up there with the <laughs> uh, the other yeah. stories and the other points that Nat goes to, which should probably be put into a charity pot. But Nat obviously did that <laughs> post-game against, uh, when we were at the Wembley for the Broncos-Jags game, we were picking the six o'clock games. It was Nat Coombs going against Will Gavin and Bez, Ben Isaacs. And as he was, I don't even know what you were referring to. I don't know how you managed to shoehorn it in <laughs> like you always how do. But yeah. you shoehorned oh, it in. it was Josh Jacobs. I think Phoebe oh, it was Josh Jacobs. Oh, you're talking about how Josh Jacobs is going to have a huge game. Yeah, so you're talking yeah. about Josh Jacobs and you were talking about how maligned the Mike Mayock draft classes have been and how poor they have been. And essentially you were slating Mike Mayock and I took great joy in <laughs> notifying you that you had been doing that while sitting directly in front of Mike Mayock for the whole game. So you didn't notice the fact that you were sitting directly in front of Mike Mayock for the whole game, the whole time we were there, which is a facing the other way. Five hours. I know you were facing the other way, but you turned around. <laughs> you were standing up in his way when you were presenting the game. So, I mean, he saw literally the back of your head, slash the side of your head for the whole day. You didn't even want to bother to look and notice he was there. But yeah, you absolutely slated him and he might have been maybe five, six yards away. And and then the best thing is, didn't you then run off afterwards just to make sure? Mike, <laughs> Mike, <laughs> well, no, let, this is amazing. This revisionist, Mike, Mike, story. Mike, Mike, I promise I'm I didn't sorry. mean it, Mike. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Mike. This revisionist telling of the story, Propo. <laughs> Please so let my show, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> let me get a few things absolutely straight here. It's a fair point that I didn't notice for the five hours we were in the stadium that Mike Mayock was behind me. As longtime listeners to the show will know, I do, you're, it's fair, it's a fair call. I do go to <laughs> that Mayock draft quite a lot, but I'm a Mayock defender, a Mayock apologist. I've defended him. And the point of the Mayock references is that everybody slags off that draft class. And I love the fact that he is a man of his conviction, 
even though it didn't play out. Hey, I'll take your full circle to what I said about McDaniel at the top of the show. He knows who he is. He knows how he wants to play. As Blake Borders would say, <laughs> screw the nerds, right? So I was, I'm a Mayock, team Mayock. So when I was bringing up this, Point. I wasn't personally saying, hey, I think Mike Mayock's draft class is a buzz. I was saying people are saying it. Now, admittedly, that might have not come across entirely clearly to Mike Mayock as he was sitting behind me. However, I can confirm and reassure our listeners that no damage was done when I went up to Mayock and introduced myself and said uh, that I was a big fan of his. He either has the best poker face in the business cropo, um, and had heard everything and was scrutinizing me, thinking of different ways he wanted to kill me. <laughs> or he was a consummate pro and a gent and uh, was appreciative of, uh, of me coming over and saying hi. So I think we got away with it. I think, I think you got away with it as well. I, I was uh, mostly just mocking you for the fact that you did it, but I think you got away with it because <laughs> I think it was, it, was pretty, it was pretty loud in there and it was very entertaining that you did reference yes. it. I was surprised you didn't notice that he was there before because I noticed pretty quickly. Mm. But um, obviously didn't say anything, so it ended up being perfect for me. It has to be. I'm too said. busy concentrating on my my gig and focusing on the job in hand, as opposed to you just ligging it, loving it up. You know, paying no real attention to what you're doing, just soaking no. in all the all the all the fun again. So I think that's <laughs> that's yeah. the reason. It was unbelievably partridge. It, where was it in? Uh, if we're looking at power rankings of you at the Super Bowl. Calling out. Yeah, it's quite close to your cheers, mate, on the uh, <laughs> cheers, <laughs> the Giants Packers That was a good podcast. one. It was quite close. Yeah. I'd, say it's in, I'd say it's in that sort of realm yeah. of uh, Partridge, if I'm being completely <laughs> honest. But it's I don't think anything will ever be as Partridge as me shouting Austin at Austin Eckler. Austin! And, uh, Austin, yeah. And also, I think the player changes every single time. I still can't remember who the player is. We just change the name every single time. I, I, thought was, it was, yeah, I was hoping you'd dive in there. I thought it wasn't Darren Waller. Uh, no, that was I, the Super Bowl before we interviewed Waller, was wasn't it? it? Was, um, was it Mike Parsons? I can't remember who it was. I need to, no, I it wasn't need to Parsons. I think, well, it'll be in the vault, right? We'll yeah, exactly. I'll go and listen to it because we definitely left it in there. We definitely left it in there. <laughs> okay, I want to have that ready for next week's show. And we'll oh, any well, listeners know. We're okay yeah, exactly. We can, yeah, we can play it out. Uh, yeah. I can't believe I'm going to say this, Nat. Yeah. And it's just hilarious to me every single week producing whichever show you always manage to find in a way to say that you still think the Green Bay Packers are going to get it right. I believe. Really? Yeah, I know, which is very impressive. But I can't believe it. And this is where I feel sick now. I actually feel sick about this whole week. Yeah. In back-to-back picks on this show, I'm going to take the Denver Broncos and then the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, I I knew you would. I knew you you have to. You have to take the Green Bay Packers in this spot. As you've said, it's a must-win game for them. They have to win this. And everyone, I read this article, which was basically talking about how the Dallas Cowboys are going to crush the Green Bay Packers because all of the Cowboys are going to be so behind Mike McCarthy in his revenge game. I don't think that's really the case necessarily. (laughs) I can't imagine all the Dallas Cowboys being desperate. To go to Lambeau just for Mike McCarthy to get his revenge win. They're doing absolutely fine the way it is. I don't think this whole season has had this game circled for Mike McCarthy's reason. Whereas you see the pregame, you can see him, we're we'll do it for you, skipper. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> He's not exactly player. the most like motivational coach yeah. in that sense. So whereas on the other hand, I think that although maybe his teammates won't be doing it, the most lethal person potentially, although we haven't seen it this season on that Green Bay team is Aaron Rodgers. And he is 100% going to be motivated to get 
get a win in this game slash put in a decent performance in this game going up against his old coach who everyone said was the problem when maybe he wasn't. Maybe Aaron Rodgers was the problem all along. And this is a moment in the season for Rodgers to kind of silence the haters at least for a week and kind of demonstrate what he can do and what he still can do and why Green Bay paid him all of that money. I think this is the exact spot that you want to back the Packers plus four and a half. You're getting it above a field goal at home. I think it would take a... I mean, it takes a bold man to back the Green Bay Packers week in, week out, which is what you are. But I think in this scenario, (laughs) like in terms of the number, in terms of the value, I think you have to take Green Bay. On top of that, I'm going to take the under in this game. I think what you've got with these two teams is you've got two good passing defences. I think that the Green Bay Packers, especially out, especially without Dubs, Dubs or Dobbs <laughs> for this game, are going to struggle to move the ball in the air. I don't think Rodgers is necessarily going to be that prolific. I think Trayvon Diggs will probably be quite successful in taking away Alan Lazard. But the Dallas Cowboys sneakily have been very bad against the run. They ranked yeah. 24th against the run mm. season. And I think if Aaron, Rodgers, uh, if Aaron Jones is fit and good to go, I think him and AJ Dillon could have a lot of success. And I think what you're going to see is both teams trying to run. Green Bay have been terrible against the run. That's only going to get worse without Rashad. On Gary. Recent weeks, they've actually been a lot better against the pass. They actually rank second this season against the pass. And especially on third down, they are the second best team on third down defense as well. So I think all of those things considered, I don't think you're going to see a big game for Dak Prescott. I think you're going to see a sort of a clutch game from Aaron Rodgers. I don't think he's going to be throwing all over this team, but I think when mm. the moment requires him, he's going to live up Clinical. to that expectation. Yeah. And I think we're going to see a lot of running the ball. So I'm going to take the Green Bay Packers and the under in this game. Ooh, okay. And confidently so. I can uh, underpin your confidence, Propo. Aaron Rodgers, as a home underdog, which obviously doesn't happen yeah, that often. That ever happened. Five and one against the spread as a home Jeez. underdog. You gotta like those odds. You gotta I, like those odds. I like that a lot. Um, I, I, I think the Packers. I might even go as far as to say I think the Packers might win this straight up. But how about that? I could just see Rogers on it in prime time. Enough already. Um, okay, so we've got to do the Taylor Heineke Yaka. We forgot to reference it as that earlier. Of course, we uh, anointed it the Heineke Yaka on last week's show. So that is in your hands, Propo. Should we go there next? Do you want to do that? Uh, yeah, we can go there next if you mm. like. I am going to go. You haven't got it ready. <laughs> I have not got it ready. <laughs> oh boy! I okay. thought I actually thought that you were going to keep doing it because of the fact that you've had so much success with it. Oh, that's oh, I love this flattery. We'll get you everywhere proper. I'm happy to take a look at it. Why don't you rattle through your prop bets? I'll take a look and then we'll compare. I've those. got. Okay, tell you what. So I reckon mm. the teams that I'm most confident are going to win. Mm-hmm. Are the San Francisco 49ers? Yeah, the 49ers, of course, up against the Chargers. And it's in San Fran, right? And it's in San Francisco. The LA Chargers, the second worst team at defending the run. And I think mm-hmm. off a of bye week, Christian McCaffrey and Kyle Shanahan, that should be an absolutely back, sensational right? performance. Well. I think Debo's going to be back. Debo's going to be back as well. I think the Philadelphia Eagles, I'm very much confident, as much as this is the Heineke Acker, I think they will definitely move it to... Mm. 9-0, and oh, realistically. I know it's a tight divisional game. I'm not 100% sure they're going to cover the spread, but I don't think the Commanders have enough, especially in the passing game, to take down this Philadelphia Eagles team that seems to be perfect, almost, in terms of everything that they do. And then the final one, mm-hmm. 
is interesting, isn't it? I think it's it's tough. It is, I mean, it's a really tough week to call in that sense. I mean, I'm not necessarily that confident in the New York Giants beating the Houston Texans. Mm-hmm. I think that it's the exact kind of game where the Houston Texans could keep it close and they could utilize Davis Mills and Brandon Cooks' connection, especially if Cooks is fit, and just run with Damian Pierce. So I'm not 100% sure that the... Giants yeah. beat the Texans. I quite like the over in that game, by the way. Which is so do I. Over four and a half. I also quite like the over. I don't think either of those defenses have been good enough to try and keep it that low. Mm. Okay, what about then? We go 49ers. So you're with me on the 49ers and the Eagles? With you on those two. And then what about we buy a couple of points with the over in the Texans-Giants? This is getting mm. complicated. Mm. Okay, if you go 49ers-Eagles and over... 35 and a half points in the Texans Giants game. Oh, to tease it down. Oh, I like that. I like the tease because yeah. that is actually on my shortlist, the 40.5 for Drew Lock of the Week. So teasing it down to 35.5. Smart poker propo. Like that. Okay. Job done. That's the Heineke Acker. What about the propo prop bets of the week? Uh, I've got two in the same game actually for this week. So mm. I've got Amon Ross and Brown's got over 67 and a half receiving yards. And Brown hasn't had that much success since week two, but I think that is primarily down to his injury issues. And I think this is his perfect opportunity to get back to his best going up against a Bears defense that barely has anyone left after the trade deadline and has allowed four receivers to go over this number in the last three games. I like this number. This is interesting. This is this is a rarity for me because I would usually always go buy low, sell high, as you know. But in this scenario, I find it impossible not to take this number just because of what we've seen from him in recent weeks. It's in the same game. Justin Fields to go over 58 and a half rushing yards. He's mm-hmm. gone over this number in his last four games and his just confidence just continues to grow with his legs in this league. He's making those plays that you just scream just an absolute athletic freak in the way that he can move the ball, the way that he can make people miss. And I don't see the Detroit Lions finding any way to stop him realistically. They've allowed 90 yards to Jalen Hurts, 40 yards to Aaron Rodgers and 49 yards to Geno Smith already this year. So I think I like this matchup for the just for Justin Fields, especially because we haven't necessarily seen him really sort of completing passes at a consistent rate, although he had a successful week last week against this Dolphins secondary. I still think he's going to need to go to the ground and utilize his legs. And I think this Detroit Lions team are going to suffer against that. So I think this number's too low. And then this Mm -hmm. last one, again, it's disgusting. I hate it, but I'm going to go Russell Wilson over 226 and a half passing yards. It's too low a number. I've been slating the Broncos offense all season long, but I think this is a decent spot for Denver going up against the Tennessee side that, left it all out there against the Chiefs. So I think this is a natural letdown sport. And this Mm -hmm. is a passing defense that has allowed Patrick Mahomes to throw for 446 yards. Carson Wentz to throw for 349 yards. Matt Ryan has even managed to total 600 yards against them this year. So as much as I despise this Broncos offense, I think this is too good a number for me not to take. And quickly, I mentioned Matt Ryan there. I think there's been a lot of criticism for Jim Irsay about Mm. the hiring of Jeff Saturday. And I think it's, I personally think it's actually genius. I think Jay Bell uh, briefly touched on it in the brilliant preview show where he did his midterm awards. But realistically, either the Colts win a couple of games and Jeff Saturday proves himself as a head coach in this league. I think this is incredibly unlikely. But if this does happen, then Jim Irsay looks like a genius. Mm -hmm. And then also, if the Colts lose every single game for the rest of the season because of the fact they've got a head coach, or I think he's only coached what, like two high school games in his career <laughs> and nothing else. 
then they're realistically going to go and get a quarterback in this draft. So then again, he looks like a genius. So it's win-win. I say, who's laughing? I like it. I, 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 I agree. Everybody. I mean, what, what are the, what's the point? Get in. I don't know. Uh, who's a kind of date like David Cully? No, not a knock on David Cully, but you know, get in a guy like that for eight games. Who knows he's only there for eight games? Like, what's the what's the point? You know, yeah. particularly as they need a quarterback, as you say, you might as well just blow it up. Get the number one in in a decent quarterback draft class. Have your pick of who you want, and and away you go. So I'm with you. Well, yeah, eke out three wins, and he suddenly they're coming. Dropped- yeah, drops exactly. a fourth. What's the point? But they're currently 14th in the draft order. Like they don't want to be that high. They don't want to be. They don't want to be above Green Bay. They want to be third, fourth, or fifth. So yeah, mm. why don't they? They should just give the job to someone because it's kind of like that where it doesn't make it look like it's obvious tanking because mm-hmm. like Jeff Saturday is obviously a franchise legend and someone mm-hmm. who's very much beloved in the camp. But at the same time, like what the hell are they doing? So yeah. it's a very, very smart way to tank. I think by Jim Mercer. Mm, I bet there are yeah, a few team owners that Tep is probably furious about, yeah. about what's going on. Uh, incidentally, I love the fact that the vitriol that you applied to uh, how much you despise the Denver offense. I despise this offense. It's because I've had to watch them. They've been in primetime too many times oh, this season. My God. Oh, another quick criticism, time. primetime games this year. Rubbish, mm. rubbish primetime games. And also, seeing as we're on a moan, on a <laughs> with seeing as we're doing a Carlson, let's talk about the two game window, two game nine oh. first nine PM window. Please stop doing that, NFL. Yeah, and also, I, I think we've got the um, we've got the three, we've got the third. It's three games in the later window mm. this week, and I That's think right. if the injury issues persist, we're going to see what is it. So, Sam Manager, it's Colts, yeah, it's Colts, Colts Raiders, Raiders, yeah, which is. I mean, if just a quick side note on that game, by the way, imagine Josh McDaniels loses that game. Oh, it, I mean, it, surely he's gone if he, if he loses that game. They're six point favorites. The uh, the total's forty two and a half in that. Which I think yeah, surely that's got to go under. Yeah, I would assume that's going to go under. But do you think Josh McDaniels keeps his job if they lose that game? It depends how. Uh, it, oh God, that's a hell of a question. It depends how, right? If they kind of blow a big lead, get, get blown out. Vegas. It's in Vegas against a team that again has a head coach that has coached like two high school games. I don't think I don't think he can keep his job if he if he is. I don't think he can. I think this is it. Um, So that's a real. I mean, that's a compelling game, but also Mm -hmm. a terrible game. Cardinals Mm -hmm. Rams is going to be what Wolford versus Colt McCoy at this moment in time. So that's not going to be entertaining. And even if it is the two starting quarterbacks with the way those offenses have been this season, it's not entertaining. And Cowboys Packers. I mean, essentially everyone's just going to watch Cowboys Packers because the other games are completely pointless. But yeah. NFL, come on, split them up. We don't need to have like Browns, Dolphins, Vi- uh, Vikings, Bills all in the same window. Like split them up. Even give us just like a Detroit Lions, Chicago Bears in the late window just to give us some entertainment, you know? Something to, yeah, feels watchable. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Okay. It's that time, my friend. Time for Drew Locks of the Week. You go You've heard... <laughs> We've heard Tom Collins's. Tom Collins' 100% record so far. Small sample size, but it's a hundred percent record. Mm. Okay, I can't bring myself to go with the over in the Broncos Titans. It's going to be too painful to watch. Although I am really tempted now, it's dropped to thirty six and a half. I'm going to go with the Texans Giants over at forty and a half. Are you? Mm-hmm. Why? <laughs> because I think. The Giants' offense can work on both counts of this, and I think they can establish the run. 
that yeah. get a fair amount in, in the air. And equally, I think the Texans will try and run up the gut. They've had a lot of success there. I, if I if I if I shake this down, and if you see this as a twenty four twenty, I agree. Uh, I think twenty four seventeen kind of game. I, I I I like the Giants a lot. They're five point favorites. I think the Giants continue to roll. I think they got the mo, but I think the te- the Texans will will put up points on them as well. I mean, I don't think it's going to be a you know a Miami esque shootout, but I think forty and a half. Yeah, like I say, twenty twenty six twenty. 24 even 24 17 will get it done like i i think both teams will be able to put up points and the giants will win probably cover as well and i like 40 and a half yeah i like that i think that's a decent i think that's a decent bet i think they're slightly too unpredictable teams that's my only fear for it but at the same time like i think you're right i think this you're just playing the number that's what this game is and you're playing the number and that play the number too low and where and as you said earlier, like where we go on this week's slate? I mean, it's horrible. It's horrible. It's, I mean, you know, you talked about the comfortable win for the 49ers, but it's that that horrible line of seven. Well, exactly. That's at seven. I mean, I say it's going to be a comfortable win. I think they win the game. I don't necessarily mm. the, the spread at cover. seven. Yeah, is yeah, terrifying because you've got a quarterback who is one of the best in the league, and he will just keep throwing and throwing and throwing. So, like, no matter mm. even if even if the 49ers are 21, 21 points up in the fourth quarter, I would still expect the Chargers to find a way to cover that spread just because of what Justin Herbert is able to do. I wasn't even considering the Chargers at plus seven as a Drew mm. Lock of the Week just because of how much I hate this slate. But realistically, I'm terrified of Shanahan off a bye with Christian McCaffrey. Mm. But he usually, it's the time to go against Shanahan is when they're a heavy favorite. The 49ers mm. are not good at covering when they're a heavy favorite. Again, similar to Mike Vrabel and the Titans, you like to back the Titans as an underdog. You like to back the 49ers as an underdog. And the Titans go into this week as a favorite. So that's why I was tempted to go with the Broncos, but I still don't think that I can go with them at plus two and a half. Because you're Drew Locke. Yeah, oh, I can't. Uh, the Cleveland Browns, I was tempted to as well. I think that mm-hmm. game's going to be kept close, but at the same time, just the sort of the explosive factor of this Miami Dolphins team, just I kind of see there being a bad beat there and you never know what they're going to be able to do. So I think that number's a tough one to cover. Packers again, who knows what they're going to do. But I think the one thing that I am confident Oh, nah, this is a really tough one for me, but I think I'm going to go under 43 and a half in the Cowboys versus Packers game. I think realistically that those two teams are just going to try and run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. And Mm. I don't think there's going to be either passing game getting going throughout that in the evening. I don't want to, I don't want to back the under there because that's a rare one where like, I think it, I, I don't want to sit there and watch Colts, Raiders, Cardinals, Rams and Cowboys, Packers and just have unders in each one of them. But I think that each three each of those three games is most likely to go under. But the one that I have most confidence in, in Lambeau, Cowboys going up against Packers, I think it's going to be a tight, cagey game. I don't think it's going to be a shootout by any stretch of the imagination. The Cowboys, I think their numbers have been inflated by the fact that they had that ridiculous game against the Chicago Bears I thought was going to go under. This is still a defence-heavy team that hasn't necessarily got the offense going unless they just rely solely on Tony Pollard and his Ezekiel Elliott, and I think that uh, this game will go under. Oh, proper. You know what you haven't done, though? Well, maybe you have. Have you checked the weather in Green Bay? Well, yeah, but the weather's only going to be a good thing, isn't it? It is It is clear and dry at the moment. You're you're okay there. Uh, well, actually, That's actually, the point. under. Yeah, no, of course. If it's going to, if it's going to, yeah, it's in your face. How cold you is want it? The sn- uh, it's, it's peaky. It's two degrees. Uh, two degrees. Yeah. So it's going to be a cold I want uh, a storm. I yeah, want a no storm. storm. It's pretty clear for around uh, it. So, yeah, yeah, so that is that is my okay. 
It's, the other one, it's a tough week, man. It's a tough week. I do like Miami. I do like Miami. Uh, and I was I was kind of flip-flopping between them. Uh, Miami to cover, right? Three and a half. I do yeah. quite like that against the Browns. Oh, am I going to ch- change last minute? <laughs> well, no, I'm going to stick to my guns. I'm sticking I, And also, I like it because the 6 p.m. slate. Mm. They're is, both in the 6 p.m. slate. Yeah, I know. But it just means I get to watch you. Watch, <laughs> watch the Drew Lock. And that always entertains me realistically. Which do always. you prefer out of those two? The Dolphins? Uh, I'm not going to change. I'm, I'm going to... Oh, do I totally said I'm backing the Browns. So I'd definitely take the Texans okay. Giants over. Right. That's the one I prefer out of that. Um, right. Realistically, though, do you have anything anywhere else that you're leaning on mm. this slate? Or what about... We haven't mentioned Munich at all. We should probably give sure. some props to Munich. And I mean, I'm just going to say it. Mm. why on earth at plus three you don't take the Seattle Seahawks I have no idea why you wouldn't the Tampa Bay Buccaneers still have those O-line issues yes they Mm -hmm. beat the Rams last week but it wasn't exactly convincing Mm -hmm. I still don't think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to be able to get that much going on offense Mike Evans is banged up and I think that's a huge loss if he doesn't play it looks like he's trending towards playing but I don't think Mm -hmm. he's going to be 100% I still think the market is undervaluing the Seattle Seahawks yeah I do backing them until they start being heavy favorites i think neutral Gino, field it's great it's crazy it's not even going to be a neutral field because the seattle seahawks apparently have one of the biggest uh fan populations in germany right so they're essentially it's going to be a home game for the seattle seahawks by all accounts which could make a massive impact and i think that this is the I, I mean, when was the last time we saw Seattle Seahawks with Geno Smith on primetime? Was it potentially the Monday Night Football on week one? Wow, yeah. I can't yeah, remember yeah. last time we did see the Seattle Seahawks. And I think as much as me and you have been discussing this pretty much every week, how good the Seattle Seahawks have been with Geno Smith, I think this is the opportunity for them to really establish themselves as a serious contender in this league. Geno Smith cementing that title as comeback player of the year. And I think they've got DK Metcalf, they've got Tyler Lockett, Kenneth Walker's been absolutely sensational. And I think this has an opportunity for the Seattle Seahawks to really demonstrate just how good and legitimate they are. And if you're giving me three points at the same time, I'll take it. Love that. Love that pick. A fine and strong way to end the show proper because I'm with you in lockstep 100% on that. Go Hawks plus three. Loving that. Right. Extra picks over on SBK Edge Rush Extra. As I say, the link is in the show notes. We're going to look at Vikings Bills. And uh, a deep dive in the Chargers 49ers on that as well. So if you want to get a bit more action and uh, benefit from the wisdom of the uh, excellent Tom Collins, head on over to that. Go check that out. We'll push it out on our social channels as well. Still time to get involved with the Listener League as well. We'll whack that in the show notes and uh, hype that up. Uh, We are going to have different contests, free to enter, uh, pay to enter contests as well. So get involved with our Listener League. And uh, as we mentioned on the show, in the vault, I am Mike Mondays, J-Bell on Wednesday. Two vintage episodes to get you set for this weekend's action propo i'll see you on sunday is mike mayock going to be in studio with us fingers crossed it's either him or sandrini we're just waiting (laughs) here i can get booked okay all right look forward to it sunday talk sport as i said the music game's on first uh, then uh, we are rolling straight after that with our red zone show so make sure you tune in for that we'll see you then bye for now Podcast Network.